Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince. Of course, you know we bring you the insides and outs of the world of HBCU sports and beyond. But now... We are about to dive into something that I take a personal vested interest in, and that is the world of baseball. Um, as the old Garrett Morrison, baseball has been good to me. And we have a special series coming up that's going to feature a young man who has an intense background and knowledge of collegiate baseball in particular. And uh, we'll let him introduce and give all his accreditations and accolades in just a moment but we're going to introduce to some and present to others none other than brother olin parker we affectionately call him op brother op how you doing today my man i'm well man i'm well well it's good to have you on board here uh with the open mic broadcast network and our collegiate baseball feature before we get any further along the way uh we like to try as we say certify the house and give people some some background on whom is spitting out the knowledge so they could know that we just didn't pick up a guy laying out on the side of the road and he had a baseball jersey on so we decided to bring him on board <laughs> well my name is Olin Parker, better known as Coach O.P. I am from New Orleans, Louisiana. I had the opportunity to play junior college at Western Oklahoma, uh, finishing up at Grambling State University. I was drafted after my first year at Grambling. had the opportunity to play pro baseball for three years. Um, returned to Grambling uh, as an undergrad assistant, later on becoming an assistant coach. And from there, ended up coaching at Louisiana Tech. Um, coaching in the WAC and Conference USA. So you you have some well-traveled baseball shoes, uh, not just from one perspective, but from a variety uh, uh, of things going on. And what is it that you're doing as we speak today? Right now I have my own organization in the Dallas metro area called the North Texas Dodgers, featuring and training young guys, mentoring and getting prepared for the next level of competition. So you're you're entrenched in baseball 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year is what I'm hearing. Definitely. Okay, okay. I just want to want to get that out there because uh, you and I have had off the air conversations about baseball. As a matter of fact, we met through baseball a, a former teammate of mine and a competitor, uh, brother Gunn. Uh, he played at Grambling. We played at a JUCO together uh, back in St. Louis. We were uh, opposing rivals in high school. Uh, Jeff Gunn, one of the most prolific outfielders to come through uh, Grambling's uh, baseball program, uh, six foot six, and had a hose that would straighten out anybody from any part of the outfield. Man, more importantly, Jeff was a great individual, man. 
to be six six. He's one of the quietest guys I've ever met, and I can never forget that uh, his his play and what he brought to the table, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we'll we'll, we'll be talking uh, baseball, hopefully not just through this collegiate season, but during the off season as we turn around toward fall ball, because baseball as well as other sports has been concentrated now that you can literally talk about this thing all year long. Oh, yes. It's definitely evolved to a year-round sport, just like all the others have. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, OP, here's what we got going on right now. Uh, we know we're a few days away from the official start of the collegiate season. A lot of people that are in the dark, they're thinking that these guys have just blown the dust off their bats and, and their gloves and getting them broken in uh, for the start of a new season. But these guys have been working since the fall when guys were kicking the pigskin around. Uh, baseball was in action. So, Given those who are listening right now a little routine, if you would, that what it would be taken to lead to the beginning of a collegiate season? Well, uh, things have changed, Mike, since you and I have played. First of all, eligibility begins in the fall. Therefore, when guys come in, in the fall, their season has begun. Um, there's no way to gain eligibility in the spring, but you can lose eligibility in the spring by not taking care of your academics. So, if you look at it in that perspective, the fall season starts the baseball season. Also, the NCAA has mandated that if you don't have a full schedule in the spring, you can play a couple of games in the fall um, to go along with the spring. But that being said, I think the NCAA has done a great job of preparing us to play year-round. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. Now, uh, for those who are not familiar, there's a 56 window or 56-game window that would give you some wiggle room. In most parts, uh, teams schedule 50 games in their regular season for spring activity, which gives you six games, eight, depending on how you schedule your your spring schedule, uh, to play in the fall ball, which you can measure up against some of your local programs. A lot of guys will take advantage of this to play some of the local junior colleges as a potential way of getting an insight on some guys they can actually add to their program come that next semester, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, uh, other than that, what are some of the things that you're looking for if you're managing a four-year squad versus a junior college program? First of all, coming in, you have to assess the guys that you've already had on campus, um, see if they're a fit for what you're trying to do as a program. Um, second of all, it's important to have a real good connection with a lot of junior college and select ball coaches. Uh, more importantly, your select ball coaches are going to be the guy that really knows the family and knows the kid. Um, not taking that away from high school coaches, but they're only seeing a guy in the spring, so they don't really get to know the kid or be able to help the kid as a uh, baseball player. Um, once you get your guys on campus, then it's time to, to, to screw the balls down. It's time to get going and see how you guys can fit as a program and get off and running for the upcoming season. 
Right now, we're speaking with Olin Parker, our baseball expert here at the Open Mic Broadcast Network. In regards to just simple diamond talk right now as we get ready for the opening of the 2019 collegiate baseball season. Now, uh, Brother Parker, I've, I've got to ask this question. Uh, we are familiar with the term money ball as far as the Oakland Athletics and how they uh, do these uh, analytics and systematic systems toward putting together a team. But when I'm talking about Moneyball now, um, it's no secret that Select Ball has become a money pit for a lot of people, and not just any particular group, but just people throughout. How does this affect the game positively and negatively as far as getting prepped for high school and collegiate ball? That's a good question, Mike. Um, some call it money ball. I call it preparation for college. Um, if you're with the right organization, they're heavy planning tournaments where there are college coaches prepping you to be seen by those college coaches. Um, in terms of negatively, it's expensive. It's expensive. It's not your wrecked situation where you pay $10 and you play. Uh, I've seen in the Dallas area people paying between two and $5,000 a year just to get their guy an opportunity in front of college coaches. So, I mean, it's a high-risk, high-reward type situation, if you ask me. Okay. With that being said, is it safe to assume, and I'm using that word assume very loosely, that baseball has kind of priced itself out of certain demographics, i.e. the African-American uh, student-athlete, who at once upon a time, baseball was that common denominator pastime uh, with your local little leagues, American Legion programs. These programs are still around, but not as prevalent due to the expansion of select ball. Is that safe to assume that? Definitely, Mike. Major um, League um, Baseball is kind of compensating for that by putting all these academies in inner cities. I've had an opportunity over... Uh, New Year's break, go down to New Orleans and check out the new facility. And, man, I was blown away um, at the job that those guys are doing and prepping those young men for their upcoming season. Um, it was rewarding to see that these guys can really grow from playing at the MLB Academies. Okay, so the advantage of that is that they're located – in, uh, we're going to say, economically challenged neighborhoods. Is that safe to put it like that? That's what it's intended to do. Yes, sir. Now, with that being said, uh, like let's take, for instance, basketball. In most cases, um, you could get a basketball, pair of sneakers, and pretty much that's all the equipment that you would need uh, in order to play. Uh, football is a different beast within itself. Uh, soccer, basically get you some cleats and be ready to go. Baseball becomes a little bit more personalized. You need a glove. You need a bat. You need shoes. If you happen to be a catcher, you need catching equipment, which could vary uh, from what you invest in a glove, shoes, and equipment for one individual just to equip them to play the game of baseball could possibly cost this kid or the parents of this kid, uh, anywhere from 150 bucks to 1500 bucks. How do we balance that out? 
Oh, man. Like I said in the beginning, it's high risk, high reward. As a family, you got to figure out what's important to your son. I've seen parents go out and buy the $250 tennis shoes, but then won't spend $50 on a guy to play baseball. Um, there are a couple of great rec leagues to get them started just to see what type of league this kid's going to be. Because as I thought about it, Baseball is the easiest sport to play than a lot of other sports because you run, you throw, you catch. You do that in every sport. If you can do that in baseball, you can play baseball. So with that being said, and, you know, being a former baseball player, um, I've always felt, and it depends on who you ask, but most of your baseball players are really true athletes, which means they could play other sports um, because it takes a certain hand-eye coordination to hit a baseball. Uh, you got to yeah. be able to gauge that ball coming off the bat, whether you're on the infield or the outfield. So, uh, but you could actually be a dynamic basketball player but struggle as a baseball player. You could be a dynamic football player and struggle as a baseball player, um, the exceptions to the rule that I'm thinking of as far as transitioning between football and baseball on a high level, of course, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders uh, comes to mind. And um, I'm he's escaping my uh, mind right now. Basketball player played at Florida State, ended up playing with the Knicks, uh, but played football and basketball, but ended up playing basketball for uh, the Knicks. And I'll think of it later after we've done this run, but that's okay too. If you're listening, uh, dial in at 713-570-6736. Give me the name before I forget or pull my hair out trying to remember. But anyway, it's, it's something about teaching the game. I had an old coach by the name of uh, Mike Akins uh, with the Cincinnati Reds organization and he says, for the most part, you can teach an athlete how to become a better baseball player if they have the athletic attributes. How do you respond to that? Well, first of all, Mike, the uh, young man you mentioned about from Florida State name was Charlie Ward. There you go. Thank uh, you, man. Thanks for helping the old man out. <laughs> but uh, second of all, the thing about baseball that people don't like is that it's a game of failure. Nobody wants to be a failure in life. Take, for instance, if you get three out of ten hits in baseball, you're doing well. Absolutely. Let's see, in basketball, make three out of ten free throws. You're on the you bench. Be basketball <laughs> if you're a quarterback, complete three out of ten passes, a, a drop three out of ten passes, you won't be playing long. So the guys that can understand failure is not a bad thing, it's a work in progress. That's the guy that's going to stick in baseball. Okay, so they got they got to be consistent and be willing to accept failure and have what I call selective amnesia. You can't be dwelling on everything you've done right, and you can't be dwelling on everything you've done wrong. You got to have some balance, just like in life. And I always compared it to this: baseball players or chess players, and everybody else playing checkers. <laughs> Right, that's just that's just an old baseball slanted point of view. We're speaking again with Olin Parker, a.k.a. O.P., for our introductory of our baseball diamond chat. O.P., back to the collegiate world of baseball. These guys are getting ready. 
to start off. It's still going to be a little bit cold, even though we're in the southern hemisphere. Um, a lot of northern teams will come down south uh, to get some warmer weather opportunities to get some ball in. But I can remember training in the Midwest at this time of year in February, you're dealing with frigid cold weathers and winds, uh, possibly snow and ice on the road. So you would take a, a gym, a basketball gym, to take your infield and situational plays going in versus being in the south. You can actually get out and, and, and get some scrimmaging in in real game situations. Do you see that as an advantage or a disadvantage coming from north to south or going vice versa? Oh, definitely. I mean, you look at the south, I mean, the north and the east, those guys really don't have a chance to get out and work out. I've always said that guys from the Midwest have the best makeup as a baseball player. They don't get the opportunity as the guys get in the south. Speaking of which, um, my one year playing at Gramlin, I was all fired up, ready to go in the spring. Got back to Grambling. It rained and sleeted the whole time. We opened up that Florida State and hadn't had not one outside practice. But the preparation we made in the fall carried over to the spring. We played a three-game set with Florida State and ended up winning the last game. Okay, so it's really about the the mental approach as well as the physical approach of getting prepared. Because one thing about it, you got to play defense. You got to be able to throw hitting. As we said, if you're 30% successful at the plate, you're considered a stud. So that defense, just like in anything else, is going to always uh, make and create huge dividends. Now, OP, we got so much that we're going to be talking about. Uh, when we get together next, we'll be talking about what we, or should I say what you would feel, are the key elements into building a program, not just a team. OP, I want to thank you so much, my man, for uh, making yourself available. We look forward to many more in this series. Um, is there any way that people could get in contact with you uh, if they're interested in having uh, some workout sessions or even possibly getting on um, your organizational uh, travel squad? Right. Uh, like I said, I'm in the Dallas metro area. I can be reached at olinparker65 at yahoo.com. By email, phone number is 318-436-9688. I also have an organization called College Prep, where I'm prepping guys getting ready for college. Okay, you heard it from OP himself. Man, we look forward to many more of these to come. I am the radio guy, the Dr. Mike Prince. As always, you guys can check us out on the website at obnradio.com. The social media handles for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are at the Mike Prince Show. And our YouTube channel is Open Mic Broadcast Network. Until the next time, you guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.